Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? Once again, it is the CFBDynasty.com podcast. As always, your host Matt Knowles right here alongside these knuckleheads, Brian McElfish and Doug Gravely. Doug, Brian, what up, what how, up? Are you, how are you feeling knowing that the college depth, college football season and our draft are only 24 days from right now? I am beyond excited now. So I, I had a little vacation last week, so sorry we didn't get to do the show. But like during that time, I'm restructuring the scoring system. When I get some free time, etc., it's all about fantasy football. Vacation time is the time to focus on it. So super, super excited. In fact, I've got a proposal for you here, Doug. How yep. about so I've got some ribs. I've got some wood chips. Can or whatever, not wood chips, but got some wood, whatever, for Smoker. We'll do a rewatch, Florida, Utah, tonight. Smoke so, some ribs. Matt, you're welcome to join. <coughs> <laughs> I, being the manly guy that I am. Pedicure uh, tonight. No pedicure, uh, but ribs sound perfect. Um, and... You know, watching that Florida Utah game could really get my uh, my temperature rising, dude. For it some, did uh, for some uh, <laughs> football, and you know, I'll actually be watching some tomorrow, which you guys know, Hall of Fame games tomorrow. But man, I'm just so excited, and any chance I get to watch football right now, I'm gonna take you up on that, especially if anything brian barbecue is involved i'm probably down <laughs> so i yeah i'm stoked like on the way home so we're driving from north georgia back down to florida and uh got two kids in the back six and eight and uh we had just i uh, know we hadn't yet watched the sonic 2 movie for the like 108th time so i flipped on the florida utah game because it just like popped up in my youtube feed or whatever and I was getting so excited. It's, it's like the intro music to the game, the shots and the sounds of the crowd and the band. And oh, it gets me. And ESPN just launched their like new college football theme song. It gets me excited. I, I just can't wait. It's draft season. It's it's all everything. Yeah, my daughter was uh, my daughter was just up at a uh, soccer camp uh, at UF uh, a couple weekends ago, and there was weather outside. So the camp, they moved them inside the uh, UF indoor facility. And so we no. got to sit in there, sit in there on, in, on the indoor facility while the camp was going on. And I was like, man, yep, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling <laughs> it. The house, the national championships built. Um, you know, I definitely know as a, as a, not as a Florida fan, but I know it's got to pain you, BMAC, as a Florida fan, when you look up and see the national championships or, or uh, conference championships. And the last one up there was 08. Um, I, I feel you because that's kind of where my boys have been. NC state hasn't won one in probably you know, my lifetime <laughs> as far as conference championships go. But, uh, but still though, it was, it was good being out there on an actual, you know, college practice facility and feeling like, all right, let's go, let's go. I can feel it. Pains me. Yes. So uh, super excited for how things are going with Napier and all that stuff. I just hope the fan base gives them time, Florida, like, the fans have to have a brain cell when it comes to Florida having the toughest schedule in the country this year and a much more difficult uh, schedule next year. So we'll see uh, if recruiting and all that stuff's going good. I just hope they can cling to the positives and uh, let Napier cook, so to speak. Um, but, man, we've got all kinds of news Oh, campus yeah. notes, all that stuff to get into, which is also super exciting where it's no more fluff, not just talking about rankings and projections, but actual news that will affect our rankings. Yeah, today so, is going to feel like an almost lightning round show because we're having a head-on collision between preseason stuff, draft stuff, and actual things we're going to be doing every single week. A lot of news and notes. So without without any further ado, let's get down to it. Today we're supposed to be looking at the top players in the Big Ten and Big 12 conference-wise. We got a ton of news and notes, and we even got some questions from the Discord this week that we're going to be answering. Really happy that you guys are up there on the Discord uh, interacting with us. If you're not on the Discord, go up there to Discord 
and look up CFE Dynasty and uh, do the same thing. Make sure you're on CFBDynasty.com. You're subscribed so you can see the rankings as they're updating week to week. And uh, you can get yourself ahead when it comes to your draft. We said that the uh, CFB draft is in 24 days. I've actually got a draft in four days that having the CFBDynasty.com information is going to help us out quite a bit there. So yeah, uh, so see where we go. I'll, I'll just put out that call to action uh, or kind of echo your sentiment there where we do have to get that going. Um, when it comes to interactions and all that stuff, man, I, I want to be good at it. I am, I can definitely be bad at it. Uh, certainly maybe it's a, maybe I'm able to fake my introversion uh, on the show or whatever, but in reality, that's, that's the truth. So I, I can use some help getting everything going in terms of interactions on the discord, but you guys' comments on Twitter and shares and stuff and YouTube would go a long way for us um, to kind of help get questions and, and communication and all that stuff going. I do think we're, we're probably a bit buried on Twitter because I was dormant for a long time. Well, I think uh, Twitter also, let's be real, Twitter's actually burying itself with the insanity from the last couple of weeks, too. So, uh, or X, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> totally absurd. Um, definitely do not like uh, every time I get a Twitter update now, it's just like a real XXXXX across the top of my phone, but it is what it is. But I know that everybody feels the same way. Just stupid, but what can you do? So, uh, today we're actually going to start off with news and notes. I know that BMAC is excited about news and notes. So um, we have a ton of them. We're going to try to go through them really quick uh, so we can get to the other items on our, uh, on our agenda. So the very first thing, I'm going to read the note as it is written on the sheet. <laughs> blah, blah, Colorado to the Big 12. <laughs> so we're not going to get into this too much because you could spend an entire show talking about realignment and everybody, every time a single team is rumored to be uh, moving uh, everybody is putting the stake into conferences and you know this conference is on life support and all that but you know what let's just see it play out um, interesting move and uh, we'll kind of go from there plenty of other shows to talk about it in more detail than us that's not our game so all right so now to some actual individual player notes uh, UTSA running back to Anthony Lewis no longer with the program uh, Wake Forest wide receiver Donovan Green had a non-contact injury. Oh, that sucks, man. He was set up to have a big year. He keeps having these unfortunate injuries. Um, we should have news on him like any day now. When this news came out a couple days ago, they were like, oh, in 48 hours, we'll, we'll have uh, an update or whatever as you know, the doctors are spending some time with him and doing some testing. But Man, that's a big blow to Mitch Griffith yep. and uh, and Wake Forest. That sucks. Then uh, Wake Forest, Latrell, a wide receiver, Latrell Caples, out for the year. You guys think Oy. that's going to affect Taylor? Did I say Wake Forest? My bad. I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading the notes wrong. My bad. Let's. It, it's it's preseason, not midseason form. Boise State wide receiver, Latrell <laughs> Caples, out for the season. So. Um, do you guys think that's going to affect Taylor Green at all, or is that just uh You're the blue turfest person we have on the podcast. There. I am. I just <laughs> yeah. I, I misread the note. I, I just got a couple things mixed up. My bad. Yep. It would be a fun blue turf battle between you and Zach Tao one day. But anyways, I had him on my personal draft board because I keep like a different spreadsheet for the home league since our league is so different um, as a breakout candidate. For, for Boise State. He was uh, kind of high on my draft board. Um, and uh, that sucks, man, for him. Someone who was poised and ready to, to kind of break out. But I don't think it hurts Taylor Green a ton. I think, uh, I think they're going to be just fine. All right. Uh, Frank Harris from UTSA back on the field after an offseason hey, surgery. It's your boy. Your That's boy. right. Would be wouldn't be surprised if he had to uh, go get a colonoscopy at this point, you know, because he's getting close to fifty. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Frank, <laughs> keep fighting the good fight, man. Keep fighting the fight, buddy. 
All right. So uh, the, one of the biggest stories that, that came out this week, Hunter Decker was going to miss all a fall camp gambling allegations, including betting on his own team. Um, if you dig into that story, that's some crazy stuff right there. I mean, this is like Pete Rose level of gambling. Not only was he betting on other teams at his school, he was betting on his own team to win. And that's the kind of stuff that's keeping Pete Rose out of the baseball hall of fame right now. So Doug, Brian, do you think the prospects are going to be good for the starting quarterback last year to actually make the field this year? Or do you think that there's a good chance he's going to be done? Isn't, doesn't he have a lawyer now saying that he didn't do any of this stuff or whatever? I don't know. I, I don't, it definitely affects um, how I feel about, that whole team in terms of, you know, fantasy aspirations, et cetera. So we'll see who steps up and all that stuff. It it will really mess with that whole team, man. That's that's just unfortunate timing uh, for those gambling allegations to come about. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like with that though, too, I think whether it's college sports, professional sports, that the leagues have to do a much better job of, communicating out to the players and really hammering it home um, what stuff is allowable and what stuff isn't because after, as I bring up Pete Rose back in the day, even talking about gambling was completely taboo. Now you've got, I don't know if you guys watch the USFL or the XFL, they've literally got the, the over underlines being talked about as the game is going on. They've got a betting specialist on the sideline at times so gambling is much more prevalent now. It's much more accepted now. Um, so I think kind of just like uh, what things are banned as far as over-the-counter substances, they need to do the same thing as really be hammering home what they can and can't do. Um, I don't think that this is a, a situation like that. I think the guy knows better than to be betting on his own team. That's silly. Yep. Uh, if, if those allegations are true. But uh, they, I think they need to do a better job of education there to make sure pe- this doesn't happen again. Hundred percent. Yep. All right. As we continue, IU Cam Camper is uh, full go for the fall, ready for week one. Does that uh, hit your radar at all, Doug or Brian? Wide receiver one for them. So yeah, like uh, he's got some fantasy relevance for sure. Nothing. Uh, nothing else really. To comment all right. On there. Isaiah Nair for Texas, wide receiver. He's fully cleared and ready to go. Uh, it's my talking, radar. Yeah. As I say, we've talked about him before. Javante Barnes, full, fully ready to go for fall after his foot injury. You know, I'm excited about that. That's one where Sawchuck is getting all the running back one carries. Well, him and uh, Major. So this is going to be interesting to see if Barnes is able to go week one as the full-time starter. That will affect our rankings for sure. Um, you know, as we get into what we, what you want to see here is the scrimmage when the first scrimmage comes about. How's he looking? Is he full go then and all that stuff? But that's exciting, man, because uh, Barnes, he <laughs> could be a special talent, and he'll be one of our answers for uh, one of the questions on the Discord later. Well, I mean, three three potential really good running backs there. So, yeah, it, it kind of, you know, is it going to be a three-headed monster or is somebody going to come out on top? It's going to be interesting to watch that running back room in general because they're all really good. Big one because if Gabriel's healthy, you know, he's not running. He's not running around like the running backs will get all the goal line touches, etc. <coughs> Excuse me there. And then I think a, a very, very big one that need be, everybody needs to be keeping their eyes on is uh, Jonathan Brooks at Texas getting the uh, first team reps at running back. That's a school that not only lost the best running back coming out into the pros this past year, but their backup who barely even got anything statistically last year, got drafted fairly high as well after barely even touching the field yep. from a fantasy perspective. That just shows how deep the running back room was at, uh, at RB1 and RB2. So that's a huge yep. opening and a huge potential right there for somebody to go and really break out. Also, one He's of those kind things of... we don't rank and, and talk about enough probably, but their O-line recruiting has been great. Like mm-hmm. um, They've got some massive guys and uh ultra talented o-line much improved and so i think the running game you know needs to be and can be special for them 
um, to kind of hit their over under win total as the yep. as the team. All right, so then uh, Miami tight end Elijah Arroyo standing out. The quote is maybe the best athlete on the team. So uh, you definitely want to be uh, that's big. You definitely want to be yeah. keeping your eye when they're talking about a tight end over top of running back, wide receiver, or defensive back, or even an edge rusher being the best athlete. That's pretty big news. And it's big there. So they got the new OC. You got Van Dyke, who was great as a freshman, sucked under the new OC uh, last year. So let's say Van Dyke returns uh, to form. There's a lot of unproven wide receivers. If Royo's legit, the best athlete on the team, he could be a prime prime target well, and Miami's one that's pumped out uh you know talent to the NFL yeah you look position. at you look at two years ago when Van Dyke had his you know really good season he used Mallory a lot yes. very consistently good so point. this could be this could be huge all right at Utah big news right there Cam Rising he's got no sudden movements that's not what uh, you want to hear from a quarterback. Not what you want to hear, but it's big news, though. Practice what I'm saying. It's big news if you've got him on your team because the big news is his week one is in doubt for him. So if you're counting on Cam Rising to be your week one starter, you might need to be looking elsewhere because he's practicing with limitations. Yeah, they don't play NC Central until week three. Week one, they play Florida. So it's going to be uh, impactful for that game potentially for sure. And... Uh, rising is so good um you know he he will make a difference in the game uh to be quite honest i don't know a lot about the backups they have there at utah so that's one to watch as you get into uh like fall camp notes and scrimmage notes etc all right and then again i'm gonna read the note as it shows on the sheet (laughs) the bmac note In all caps, here we go. Eric Gilbert standing out in Nebraska. Why does BMAC have that note? Here we go. BMAC has had his roster being annihilated by Eric Gilbert for what now? 6, 10, 12 years? You've kept him on your roster. You've kept him through every team that he has been to, which has been an absurd number. What is he on his fourth team right now? Um, (laughs) And uh, you've, you've held tight to him. Keeping a, keeping a roster spot on our dynasty teams. Um, BMAC, are you really holding out hope that he's going to actually be able to produce and be a starter for you this year? Yeah, absolutely I am. I mean, I his size, his uh, you know star ranking coming out as a five-star, I think the highest-rated tight end since, we, since recruiting uh, you know, services came to be. So, man, yeah, I think – so and and with Matt Rule there, mm-hmm. I like the combination, and he could be the go-to target, especially especially in the red zone. And then you've got Thomas Fadone too, also at tight end, a huge guy, heavily recruited, and he's and, finally um, healthy. Yeah. So if you're looking at you know what that Nebraska offense could be, yes, I can see a path where. He's getting 10 targets a game. Um, you know, we've already seen the other path, though, where there's the preseason, you know, hype, and then family issues or whatever is going on with him uh, in terms of just finding ways to stay off the field. So, so Doug, uh, what do you think about Brian's unbridled enthusiasm for Eric Gilbert right now? Do you think he needs to turn it down a notch? Or uh, do you think that he's uh, he's uh, putting that enthusiasm in the right place? So, I, and I said this, you know, quite a few podcasts back, but I am excited for that Nebraska offense in general with Matt Rule being there. Um, you know, a guy that has been to the pros, knows what it takes to get there. And I, I like Rick Gilbert a lot. I think uh, – <clears throat> and, and Brian mentioned it. With him and Fedone, you could be looking at – two tight end sets all the time because they're both extremely capable, you know, on paper. Fedon's been hurt a lot and Eric hasn't really played much, but on paper and what you've seen, you know, coming out of high school, they're both more than capable of handling, you know, eight to 10 targets a game. Well, if there's a team that needs transfer transfers to come in and, and actually show out, 
Uh, Nebraska is the team. Eric Gilbert, uh, Jeff, Jeff Sims getting praise at the quarterback spot from Rule. Um, Nebraska, for them to turn it around and actually become a, a relevant team again, they need these transfers to come in and, and help to spark that offense. And how can you yep. get in trouble out in Nebraska? I don't know the answer, but it's just a bunch of know. corn out there, right? Steal, maybe Anyways. they steal it or something. Who knows? I don't know. All right, and last but not least in the news and notes, Brian Kelly says he's going to be providing NFL-like <laughs> weekly injury reports. I hope that that uh, becomes a template for every other school <laughs> yeah, to follow I, because if you're watching this podcast, you probably play college fantasy sports, and you know how unbelievably frustrating it is to not get an injury report or to have a coach playing strategy like it's part of the game report, the, the game plan to mislead when it comes to who's going to be playing, who's not going to be playing, to be able to get an NFL-like injury report from one school. Hopefully that's going to be the, the snowball rolling downhill and it's going to set the standard for everybody else. What do you guys think about that from Brian Kelly? Yeah, we've chatted about this before. And I think with the uh, – ultimately your players getting paid at this point now and, you know, so many kids with, like, sponsorships and stuff, you know, it's going to be more of a rule of thumb, I think, over the next couple of years is – these people are going to want to know if the kid they're paying to play is going to play or not. Yeah, yeah. as gambling gets more involved, I hope it gets forced over time. <laughs> I don't know why he's doing it or or how this benefits LSU in any way other than that I love it. It's going to make such a difference for us and uh, if it if it kind of catches fire or whatever. So, yeah, he literally said the words, you know, doubtful, probable. Those are the terms that we're used to. Uh, understanding as percentages like probable is 25% chance or sorry, 75% chance or better, you know, doubtful is 25% chance or less. And then questionable is about 50% chance. So I love, love, love it. And uh, man, hope it catches fire. Well, I'm, I'm pretty stoked now. That's the end of our news and notes for today, but I love the fact that knowing that every week now until we get to a uh, college championship, we're going to have news and notes just like that uh, that we're going to be able to talk about every single show. That's where the fun is, understanding and dissecting the importance of those notes. So so glad that we finally are back there. Mm -hmm. Cleaning up our stuff from the summer and our preseason, though, now we're going to turn over to looking at a quick Big Ten preview, Big 12 preview. Um, we've already gone through and looked at our top rankings at every position. Uh, if you looked at the uh, SEC show that we did, the Pac-12 show that we did, um, what we do is we're pulling up our cheat sheet, our rankings that are behind the paywall on cfbdynasty.com. We're also looking at the Phil Steele magazine, and we're pulling up an article online. We're now looking at a pro football focus, pff.com, and looking at the differences between those rankings uh, so that that way <laughs> – so that that way we can see what their what the differences are between those conferences. Some of you may be playing in a in a conference only league. You want to have that information in front of you. So uh, looks like we're going to go to the Big Ten first. So Big Ten first on the uh, ProFootballFocus.com, PFF.com, on their list. Quarterback they got JJ McCarthy from Michigan as the first-team quarterback, Braylon Allen and Blake Corum, uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, respectively, as their running backs, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Igbuka from Ohio State, alongside Isaiah Williams from Illinois as their wide receivers, Brevin Span Ford from Minnesota as their tight end. That's their, that's their tops. I think last time we looked at uh, – um, positional, so quarterback was wide receiver, or quarterback J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, first team, uh, Talia from Maryland as their second team QB, Drew Aller from Penn State as their third team. What do you guys think about their quarterback rankings there? On, honestly, the Maryland – so, J.J. McCarthy, he's got um, all-world potential, I think. Um, he's one that uh, we've probably underrated a bit, not Doug, but the rest of us probably have where – I've seen uh, recently, I think it was a, someone quoting a scout talking about how he could be the best quarterback in the country, but he just, you know, needs a, you know, probably another season to kind of showcase 
all of his skills between his arm strength, his dual threat ability, his speed, his power, all that stuff. Um, so I really look forward to seeing how, you know, also he's in an offense that, you know, they know their role, they know uh, their style, et cetera. So it's going to be interesting to see how that offense does. And But I've got a question for y'all on the second team. So Phil Steele is in lockstep there. JJ McCarthy, first team. Talia Tagovailoa as the second team. I took Talia as someone that I was just going to cut on my team in a trade with William. But I'm wondering now if I should keep him. Um, That's actually him there. It's interesting. That's that's an interesting question. So I got a couple comments on this one. First, second team quarterback. On our rankings right now, he is ranked 57th. So yep. unless you have a league like ours that's got a huge quarterback roster, 57 is a tough a tough one to be able to to, to uh, go with. Now, in relation to your question, in the uh, the other league I'm in, I had Talia. I did let him go because I needed to be able to uh, open up some room for another quarterback spot. Do I think he's got potential? Do I think he has pro potential? Yes, on both of those. Um, I think it matters who else you have on your team. If you've got, like I did in that league, I had five quarterback spots. He was my fifth quarterback. I needed to open up a spot. He was the one I needed to go with. Um, If you've only got two quarterbacks on your team and you've got three openings, maybe you do keep them around because, you know, you could go get some other younger talent out there as well around him. So I think it matters who else you have on your squad as to whether you keep him or not. Yeah. If I kept him, I would have no ability to draft any quarterbacks this year. So Then you need um, to keep him. I'm pretty locked in. We don't need you. Cutting, we don't need you drafting a QB. He, he averaged 21 and a half fantasy points last year, um, and had a great receiving core. And they lost a lot from their receiving core. So um, it's kind of, you know, prove it to me first before I hold on to him. But uh, I would much rather have uh, the fourth team Phil Steele quarterback Kyle McCord, even though it's a gamble between him or Devin Brown. Um, but, uh, that's, that's the battle I face right now is I, I'm going to need a proven, proven starter because I've got Milrow and I've got Jackson Dart who are in undecided quarterback battles. So Doug, if you had Talia, would you keep him right now or would you drop him so you could put somebody else in that position? What I would, would you drop him because I don't even see him being second team. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and this let's let's remember got, too. Pro football the, focus is looking at you know actual on field can they get wins and losses? They're not looking at fantasy relevance like we are. Yeah. So I think that makes a big difference. I mean, even not looking at fantasy relevance, like you've got Drew Aller in that conference. You know, you've got the guys at Ohio State. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't. And not to like we said, JJ McCarthy. I don't. I just don't see him even being second team, and that's just my honest opinion. I think Drew Aller is probably going to shoot up to second team. So, so if you remember when we looked at the other two conferences, there were some quarterbacks in the Pac-12 that were super high, but the running backs were not good at all. Then, um, then the SEC was the other way around, where their running backs were just crushing at the top. You look at this list. Okay, we just said that the quarterbacks are kind of down in the Big Ten this year. Running backs, that is not the situation. Running backs and wide receivers are all going to be at the top of our list. Running backs, Braylon Allen, Wisconsin, Blake Corum from Michigan, first team. Second team, Nick Singleton from Penn State, Donovan Edwards from Michigan. And then third team is two running backs from Ohio State, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams. That is unbelievable that they're going to have two guys on the same third team roster there what do you guys think about that what do you guys think about Travion being all the way down on the third team I think it's wrong I love Travion Henderson I think he's gonna uh remind us all why he had that five-star ranking and uh there's a lot of people that are down on him it was just an injury riddled season last year um and running backs were up and down so We'll see between him and Mayan Williams and, you know, Mayan Williams is dealing with injuries because I think Dallin 
Hayden got a start last was, year. Hayden came in a couple of times and looked really good. And his dad, I think, had NFL history. Like they they have a stacked running back room for sure. Um but dang man, I, I really like Travion. I I would make the trade for him if if I uh needed to. Yeah, we got uh, if you look at the the CFBDynasty.com rankings, three of the top ten spots are from the Big Ten, including Travion Henderson in the top ten. All right, wide receiver. Their first team, Marvin Harrison, Igmeka Igbuka from Ohio State, are in the tops along with Isaiah Williams from Illinois. Uh, then you've got, was it Shamiri DK from Wisconsin? Is that how you pronounce it? And then Cam Camper from Indiana, who we've already talked about, uh, having the injury concern, uh, being second team. And then Chris Ottman Bell from Minnesota on the second team. And then third team, Julian Fleming from Ohio State, Roman Wilson from Michigan, Dante Cephas making the transfer over to Penn State. What do you guys think about that group of wide receivers from the Big Ten? I think it's hard to argue with the Ohio State guys. They're both so good. Yep. Yeah. So, so good. Um, both of which I think are going to be first-round draft picks this coming year. Um, and I don't know, man. Uh, once you in get past the Ohio like State ours, guys, it's hard. Yeah, in any league like ours, you have to kind of take – the the young guys and hope you get the right one kind of thing so you're looking at you know carnell tate and seeing what he did in the spring game and that's all good uh but there's a couple other five-star freshmen no rogers etc that are just as good even highly more highly touted so we'll see um a lot of these guys get mixed in as they have blowouts and stuff and that's why you can't really turn off an ohio state game if you're looking for you know, Debbie prospects, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty much cut and dry in terms of these are all mostly proven guys. The most interesting scenario to me is Penn State and kind of seeing who becomes the guy there. If, if Drew Aller does take off as he gets some reps in, uh, some live bullets, so to speak, and he's in week four, week five, who, who becomes that? premier target and um you got to think you know tight end of course there but then also at wide receiver yeah who's it gonna be will it be dante cephas will it be uh lambert smith etc so i think tight end is very interesting if you look at pro football focus compared to our fantasy rankings uh brevin span ford from minnesota is first team in our rankings he is the number seven tight end uh, second team, Eric All from Iowa. Uh, Eric All from Iowa is not even the top-ranked tight end in Iowa on our rankings. We've actually got a Luke Lachey above him, and he does, he comes all the way in all the way down at 18. And then Theo Johnson from Penn State is the uh, rounds out the list. Uh, BMAC, how does how does it look compared to what is in the Phil Steele list? And Doug, what do you think about that? Them having a tight end ranked higher. Uh, per school that we have it's it's pretty interesting here um i it's it's similar uh in phil Steele, but just wisconsin uh if you watch some of the big 10 media day coverage you saw the potentially the interview with uh josh pate and wisconsin's offense is going to change they said as or i think he was quoted basically saying as much as they've been you know run heavy they might kind of flip the script and be a little bit pass oriented over time and uh man that'll be weird seeing that from wisconsin but that definitely kind of changes how you feel about you know taking a stab at that backup wisconsin running back um to get like a future asset that's going to take off for you um if you're in like a keeper league or whatever that changes everything kind of knowing that so um rankings and, and stuff that we push out will reflect that but uh not saying that they won't have a great running back because you know they did at cincinnati um but we shall see there um at wisconsin but i i think shamir dk though for sure um he's got some potential to kind of be the man 
at receiver and potentially outperform, maybe make it on a second team. Doug, you got anything you want to add for the uh, Big Ten before we switch gears and jump on over to the Big 12? Well, like we said, Span, uh, Span Ford, we've got – I think you said it. We have him at number seven on our rankings right behind Lachey at six. Um, I think Lachey is, is going to be good. Um, we've seen what Ohio uh, produces at tight end year after year. So it's kind of hard not to have a guy there, especially one that – you know, produced 97 fantasy points last year that wasn't the focal point. So making him the focal point, he could easily double that number this year. Uh, and it's it, what's interesting to me, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree, and maybe That's I'm exactly looking at what this, we're going to do. <laughs> maybe I'm looking at this guy as more of a pro potential, but Cade Stover is not even on that list anywhere out of Ohio State. He's just another weapon in Ohio State that, you know, well, Why not? I think too. I think too. If you've got the starter at a position at Ohio State, you've got to make sure that you keep your eye on them, no matter what. I mean, Ohio State is just so talent laden that if you're somebody that can rise to the top there, you got to keep your eye on them. So. Yeah, Stover is third team on uh, uh, the Phil Steele Big, Big All right, Twelve so that, preseason All American team. So that's the quick look at the Big Ten as a conference. Now we're going to switch gears. Jump over to uh, the ever-evolving Big 12 um, with their their last year. We're going to see this roster with all these new teams coming in. Next year, you're going to have more turnover where you've got teams going out, teams coming in. It's going to be interesting to see how everything fleshes out in the Big 12 this A year. A shocker at wide receiver one here for the Big 12 for Phil Steele. So when we get to it. Mm. So right now, quarterbacks. First team, they got Quinn Ewers from Texas as the top quarterback. Jalen Daniels from Kansas on the second team. Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma on the third team. Uh, what do you guys think about that, Brian? How does that compare to uh, Oof, to Phil different. Steele's? It's different. So Dylan Gabriel's uh, QB1 for the Big 12 here for Phil Steele. Second team is Jalen Daniels, who's a premier fantasy player. I wouldn't say premier. All right, he's... He'd be great to have as a QB, too. Um, Jalen Daniels like him a lot and like the defenses he'll face a lot, too. Uh, and Quinn Ewers is third and Will Howard fourth there for Phil Steele. But um, I, oh, it's hard because Oklahoma, they changed completely when Dylan Gabriel went down. They got total, totally beat down by Texas after that. Um, but I still like I like Ewers um, first. I'd have him first. Jalen Daniels probably second because of his dual threat ability, and then Gabriel third. What do you think, Doug? What do you think about the uh, the whole way that that all breaks down over there? Um, I don't know. The, the Big Twelve is difficult for me at the quarterback position uh, for a couple reasons. I was so focused so. I was so focused on having Spencer Sanders on my team for so long. He's really the only one I paid attention to. Um, but, man, that's tough. Like, you got – we said TCU, and we know how the quarterbacks play there. And we know the quarterback taking over was potentially supposed to be the quarterback that started last year. Um, I I don't know. That's tough. I think – it's tough to pin for me the top quarterback in that division because of all the turnover, like you said before. And then, and then even Texas tech, you know, with Tyler, I think it's Shao is his name. Yeah. I think, I think he's going to be great. It's, that's a tough division for me to pick who I think the top quarterback is going to be honestly. But if I had to pick one, I'm probably going Dylan Gabriel out of Oklahoma. So a lot of experience. Bringing up Shao is very interesting because if you go to the CFBDynasty.com rankings where we're talking about fantasy-specific, Shao is the top-ranked quarterback in the Big 12 at number 12. And the guys that are on the first, second, and third team don't come in until 22, 27, and 28 overall. So that's a, that's very interesting looking at the uh, the differences between those lists. 
So if we jump on over to running back, Devin Neal from Kansas and Richard Reese from Baylor are the first team running backs. Treshawn Ward at Kansas State, C.J. Donaldson, West Virginia are the second team running backs. Taj Brooks from Texas Tech and Jonathan Brooks from Texas are the third team. And it is pronounced Tyler Shuck. 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 I don't know Shuck. why those things bother me a lot because <laughs> I'm into grammar. Uh, but it is. And I, I, I just uh, checked his Twitter account and he was correcting someone else and said it is pronounced Shuck just uh, as you would think. Well, ah, Shucks, I got it wrong. That would that would make me just not want to draft him just because of that. I mean, that's, and that that's, form of shucks, by the way, guys, is s h u c k s. I mean, how can you how can you trust a guy where you can't even trust the pronunciation of his name? Forget that. You ain't kidding, buddy. All right, I'll throw that back at you as a Dolphins fan. Do you trust Tua? Tua Tua, Tua Tonga Vailoa, where there's not even a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least his name is close. At least his name is close. I guess. <laughs> Well, uh, so we went down the uh, the running backs there. Uh, what do you guys think about the uh, the running backs, the way that they're listed there in uh, for the who Big Twelve? Who was first team? Who did you say? First team: Devin Neal and Richard Reese. Okay, man, Richard Reese was hot or cold last year. I I was going because we're super limited on on player pickups, uh, obviously in our league. And you I was and I were going to... back and forth on this. <laughs> yeah, Richard Reese. Uh, Trevor Etienne or Montreal Johnson, and then it was someone else I can't remember. Gordy, um, Gordy, yeah, Gordy ended up, right? up getting Reese, and that was fine with me. I ended up going with Etienne. Um, I was I needed a pro potential running back, and I, I'm glad I ended up taking Etienne. Reese, I wouldn't have that high. So Phil Steele's got Aiden Robbins as RB one. And Devin Neal as RB two, um, which uh, is more in line with kind of how I would draft uh, for fantasy out of out of this conference. I feel like Robbins is is really great. Agreed. And so, he's going to catch a lot of balls good. too. I think he's going to be good. He's going to catch a lot of balls. Full go in practice, by the way. There were some like questions about his wrist or whatever that he was healing from, and they, there were some highlights of him in practice just catching balls like crazy yesterday. So am I seeing correctly that our top-ranked player from the Big 12 at running back is at number 30 with uh, Treshawn Ward at 30, Devin Robbins Neal? Robbins is 19. Oh, is he? Okay, my yeah. bad, my bad. Yeah. Got to get used to BYU being in the uh, in that conference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, jumping over to wide receiver in the Big 12, A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy are both first-team wide receivers for Texas. Wow. Brennan Presley. From Oklahoma State rounds out the first team. Cody Epps from BYU, Jordan Whittington from Texas. So there's three Texas wide receivers in the first two teams. Luke Grimm from Kansas are the second team. Third team, Jerron Bradley. I'm really high on Jerron Bradley from Texas yep. Tech. Javon Baker from UCF making their first appearance in a Big 12 preseason All-America list or All-Conference team. Lawrence Arnold from Kansas. What do you guys think about those uh, – what do you guys think about those? How's it compared yeah, to Phil so, Steele? So, so Phil Steele, here's the shocker. Wide receiver one, Jalil Farouk, Oklahoma. And somebody on that staff compared him to Percy Harvin, which is hyper hyperbole. It's got to be hyperbole, I, th- I feel like. Um, you can't yeah, compare a guy that's been there a couple years or whatever. Jaleel Farouk, number 41. 41 <laughs> on the uh, CFB Dynasty list. So, Doug, I'm going to throw it to you. Do you think that Phil Steele has him ranked a little too high? Do you think we have him ranked a little too low? Or do you think that every that, uh, that we're good? What do you think, man? I think Farouk's kind of on a, a prove-it thing for me. Um, kind of where Brian was going. Uh, he's been around for a while, and you know the name. Um but to me, he's he's not a guy that's going to win you a fantasy championship. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I don't, you know, I, I think of that division with you know with Texas, for example, and 
maybe because we just did a highlight video to this guy, uh, by the way, guys. Um, but Xavier Worthy is a freak, <laughs> and he runs some of the cleanest routes I've ever seen. Uh, I I don't see Farouk on that kind of level. I just I, – I don't, I don't see it. And to compare him to Percy Harvin, who – I loved watching play, and I know Brian did too. There's well, he no burst way. out as a freshman. Like he There's was the no best way. player. He was the best player on the team as a freshman, and as good as Tebow was, as good as uh, Brandon Spikes, Major Wright, etc. Harvin was the best player. Period. Like there's, there's no debating that. And then you take a quote from someone that everybody, especially Jags fans, love is Urban Meyer. Asked who, uh, yeah. who's the best My player favorite. that best player that he's coached. He'll tell you it's Percy Harvin, and um, that was a recent comment too. So it's just post his Ohio State days, etc. So um, the comparison is is laughable um, because yeah, Farouk was in the class of 2021. So like you said, he's been around. Um, not saying he won't break out. I think he's he's definitely on my radar as someone who could break out. But to list him at at wide receiver one over over worthy over like A.D. Mitchell, I love a lot. Like he's he's going to be a premier target. They've got so many weapons at Texas. That's going to be such an offense. And, and you've got Strip another guy, Oklahoma State, and another guy you guys mentioned who you know came onto the pitch as a freshman, really, and kind of did really well. You know, Bradley from Texas Tech. Do you think Farouk's on that level? I mean, Bradley did this as a freshman. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I don't, I think the comparison and you use the correct word is laughable to me. So, yep. I don't know. Yep. Well, so that being said, yep. You never know. You never know. I could draft him in our draft. If <laughs> uh, I need six wide receivers, I've got one uh, wide receiver going into that draft. <laughs> All right. So, moving over to tight end. Uh, the consensus best tight end in the Big 12, Jatavian Sanders from Texas. That's when things get interesting. Go down to second team. You got Jared Wiley from TCU. You got Ben Sinnott from Kansas State. Um, on our rankings, Jatavian Sanders is four. But then you got to jump way down. I think the other guys don't even come into like the 30s or 40s. So if you think about the kind of offenses that are run in the Big 12, there's not a lot of tight end use because those guys are just chucking the ball all over the, all over the field. Um, not a lot of tight ends being used out there. So it does not surprise me that uh, there's not a lot of highly ranked tight ends um, on our list from the Big 12. BMAC, what's, uh, what is Phil Steele uh, showing on their side when it comes to tight ends in the Big 12? Yeah, Jatavion <clears throat> Sanders is tight end one, Ben Sinat, tight end two, Fairchild three, Isaac Rex, who seems like he's been there forever as yeah, tight end Isaac, four. Isaac yeah. Rex has been there for a long time. <laughs> My boy. But yeah, even last year, as we look back at our what we learned, um, where we have all the data and scatter plots and pie charts, et cetera, out there, uh, you know, Big Twelve didn't use the tight end a lot. It wasn't in the top, you know, five conferences to draft from. So, um, you know, you should stick with yeah the Big Ten, uh, the Pac-12, the MAC uh the ACC they all use the tight end a lot more than the Big 12. All right, so you guys have any other comments you want to make about the Big 12 or do we want to move on? We have a packed show, not much time to get it done in, so we have a lot more Good, to do. Man. All right. So, that's the Big Twin preview, that's the Big 12 preview. Let's get to one of our favorite segments, the questions from you guys out there from the Discord. Uh BMac put a call to action out there. I got some great questions back. So, um, Ruslan, with the first question, what are the top four-star freshmen or true sophomores that are fantasy prospects besides Haynes? So he doesn't want to hear about red shirts. He wants to hear about guys yep. that are in those first two years. Who do we think are some of those top guys outside of, obviously, uh, Singleton for Penn State? We know that that's probably one of the top guys out there at that position. Uh, who else do you guys have and why? So I'll go ahead and start. You got uh, Ruben Owens from Texas A&M, Cedric Baxter from Texas. Even though Brooks is taking, kind of seems to be taking over the realm there. Cedric we'll Baxter still a guy 
yeah. especially in the future you want to keep an eye on. Both both of those guys, like, you know, by week five, week six, yep, maybe they're starting. Yeah, you never um, know. And like, you never know. We could also go back to two years ago where Roshan Johnson, or excuse me, Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson were both getting a lot of stats. So mm-hmm. Texas has the ability to use multiple guys out there, unlike and 2022. One that I am kind of really starting to like, and I hate to say this because I'm not a Miami fan, but Mark Fletcher in Miami, especially sure. with all the stuff surrounding Citizen right now. Oh, I'm so sad. He, he's still like not quite fully cleared and back, I guess, yet. So, man, he got hurt in fall camp last year, and he's not fully back. Yeah, so that's Fletcher sucks, could – be a guy that steps up for them, especially in this type totally. of moment with Citizen, you know, unfortunately, and I like Citizen a lot, but still recouping, really, and that totally. sucks. Um, yep. And then one of uh, Brian's favorites to talk about, Relique Brown, I'll let him talk about him, and then the last one for me that steps out, and I hate to say this because I have his counterpart on my fantasy team, is uh, GNT out of Boise State. That dude from things I've seen and read and watched in the spring game. It seems like every time he touches the ball, he's got the potential to take it for six, which is a good problem to have if you're Boise State, for sure. Alongside Singleton, I feel like Martinez at Oregon State's an obvious one. But I'll I'll add a few. Um, Branson Robinson at Georgia. Oh, man, that's a a loaded backfield right there, and it's hard to kind of see a path for one of them to take off, but uh, just got to love Branson Robinson as a talent. And of course, running behind that, that Georgia O-line, if he gets that opportunity, you know, he could be an elite option there as well as Javante Barnes at Oklahoma. So we had the positive news from him in the news and notes section. Um, could he be running back one for the whole season? Uh, potentially. I mean, there was the, the Marcus major hype is just, Really, I think because Barnes was hurt, you know, in the spring and didn't get to play and didn't know what was going to happen with the foot injury. How long was that going to keep him out, like into the season or whatever? And if he's truly full go and participates in that first scrimmage and is good to go, um, I like Barnes a lot, obviously. Um, A couple others that you might have to sit on for a year would be Rayshon Luke at Arizona super fast uh shifty running back and then you know, like a four-star legit running back recruited to arizona in an offense that's taking off so he's more under the radar potentially there and then dallin hayden who's got um a couple of like star proven running backs ahead of him but he started a game or two last year and got a lot of mop-up duty um he's a uh, Definitely someone that you have to sit on for a year. But if um, Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson go pro next year, you know, you could have Dallin Hayden, who certainly is going to have some great other running backs to compete against for that time. But, you know, could be could be that guy. All right. So uh, great question there. And Ruslan decided he wanted to double down and ask another good question. Can't wait to talk about this one. British Brooks from UNC, what are his chances of finally becoming the main running back for them this year? So they're a loaded backfield there with uh, a couple of great um, recruits that they landed. But they've, they're not complete backs with proven experience like British Brooks is. So I think... I think it could be a, a by-committee approach by North Carolina. But if there is someone, Brooks is the guy, I feel like, um, who's going to get a, his chance. And if I needed to draft one running back from North Carolina, um, it'd be Brooks. How about you, Doug? What do you think? I think it's going to ultimately come down between uh, Brooks and Green. Um, but I, like you said, Brooks to me seems like the more complete, uh, running back there, um, and would even help, you know, an already to me potent offense. So I think Brooks is just more complete, but I can see scenarios where 
Hampton's going to get touches. Green's going to get touches. Uh, Petaway's going to get touches. Yeah. Like, it, it's one of those backfields that okay, if I put this guy in, I'm confident that we're going to have a good running back. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's not. But Javante I think Williams. Is be fine. Yeah, like Petaway and Hampton. We both were. You know, you, you're looking at those guys hoping for a Javante Williams scenario where they are. They've got the speed, and then they've got the power and the vision and all that stuff, and they just don't seem to have been able to kind of put it all together and maybe they will this year. Um, but Brooks has been there, done that, proven it. And I, I think he'll be the, the lead back there. So I'm going to read you guys a, a quote from Mac Brown from one month ago, which is very interesting that plays into this. They asked him what his pecking order was going to be at running back. And I quote, we'd like to have a two plus one, like to have two running backs that are going to play and one ready to step up if one of them gets hurt. Mm. Then the other guys that are talented may find something they can do on special teams or third down. Now, here's the part that plays into what we're talking about. Right now, I would see Elijah Green and Omarion Hampton being the two that go out there first because they were healthy all spring and practice all spring. The other guys were some of them were banged up. So he goes in to talk about George Petaway, Caleb Hood, he doesn't even mention <laughs> British Brooks. And this is the coach of the team. I think that's ago. commonplace though. When someone's hurt, I, I think that's just, that's just how it is. Um, you look I, at I depth do... charts, like with the Colts right now, and you don't even, you'll see, you know, Jonathan Taylor not listed as the starter, but it's just cause he's hurt right now yeah. and, and not participating and going through other things. But I do, I do like seeing Amari Hampton on there because, uh, because of CFBDynasty.com, because of the hype. I did have to, have to pick him up last year. Yeah. You know how much it has to pain me uh, for this reason to be having Amari Hampton on my team. As soon as I picked him up, he completely disappeared. So I'd like to see him be able to at least get something <laughs> and, and prove that I did not waste a uh, running back spot on a Tar Heel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuttable, I would say. Cuttable. Cuttable. Tradable <laughs> to Brian? Not tradable. I'm not in. Um, <laughs> Cuttable for sure, I think. Yeah. In our league, at least. All right. So, BMAC, you have a note on here talking about your email to question about subscriber content. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you for asking. Um, so, how about this? Let's play this. Let's do this another way. Hey, BMAC, <laughs> why don't we talk about subscriber content? <laughs> so, yeah, I've had a couple questions about. Um, subscribers and will they get access to the new tools i guess they've heard about you know we've teased it a little bit i don't want to tease it a lot because you know it's not a hundred percent in my hands to deliver we're working with a uh incredible developer you know he's actually a developer for paramount plus and uh for the app specifically and he's working on tools that we'll all be able to use um in DFS uh, or just, you know, to help set your weekly lineups. So like five or six tools that'll be totally unique to the college fantasy space. And I'm stoked about them. I'm stoked about using them and we're going to want as much feedback as possible. So uh, definitely for this year, um, anyone who's a subscriber will get access to this, even though we'll probably do it differently next year where we'll have like the preseason package and then we'll have a, an in-season package inclusive of DFS stuff. So while we might do it differently in the future, this year for sure, you'll get access. We're going to want the feedback, the dialogue, all that stuff to help us all make more money on DFS. And uh, that'll be super fun to kind of have these tools to use. So I don't know why UNC is such a hot topic right now when it comes to uh, fantasy, but we had another question from Brett P. What do you make of the UNC offense, particularly Drake May? We've already talked about the running backs. Uh, what's Drake May's college fantasy football value heading into the season? BMAC, Doug, what are your thoughts there? Uh, so Drake May is somebody that I've been um, looking at a lot in our league or just in general as a – football player not even fantasy wise just somebody that to me is exciting to watch and brian knows this i talk about drake may a lot but um he he's a runner he's a thrower he's accurate he's super athletic um you know 
ran for almost 700 yards last year, threw for 4,300, only seven picks to 38 touchdowns. So, yes, he's losing downs in green. But he's getting two guys that both are 60-catch guys last year and Tez Walker out of Kent State and Nate McCollum out of Georgia Tech. And I think Nesbitt is a great tight end. And I think it's hard to see Drake May's value going down at all. I don't yeah. see him going down. I, I've, I've honestly, and I've said this to Brian, and I'll say it out loud here on the podcast, I could see Drake May overtaking Caleb Williams this year for the best quarterback in college football. Oof. That's a – that is a brisket lock prediction right there, man. That is some uh, that is some guts to make that prediction. You could be right. You could be right, but that's a big prediction I, to make. I just like his potential in terms of what he can do with less people around him. Then, and we'll see. We'll see this year. Then um, uh, Caleb Williams has because he has yeah. so many weapons, but I love what Drake May produces with less people around. I'm interested to see North Carolina in general and how Drake may as an elite quarterback. Yes. With new weapons, if they gel, how that affects the ACC overall, like all the talk in the ACC and rightfully so is Clemson and FSU. If North Carolina's defense can have a pulse, if they can create a couple turnovers, et cetera, like last year they gave up, they were a hundred and second in the country, giving up almost 31 points a game. If they can have a pulse defensively and Drake mm-hmm. May can do his thing, that kind of player can shift the the you know the course of the game. And if if they can win, get a couple upsets, maybe North Carolina will have something to say about the ACC race, uh, which which would be fun to watch. Because yeah, May May is uh, must watch football. He's he's so good. All right, and the last question we got, Brandon Lang wants to know who are some of the mid-tier quarterbacks that you think can end the season in the top 10. So when I think of mid-tier, um, I'm thinking of like, yeah, tier two, tier three type quarterbacks. So in a standard 12-team league, you're looking at, you know, players that rank from 13th to 36th-ish. So I've got some. I didn't want to go with, you know, people we had 13 or 14 because I think those are obvious. Um but Daquan Finn is someone who's like um, a been there, done that guy, uh, dual threat ability. Finn, I think we have him at 18. Um, he's someone that could absolutely finish top 10. Uh, Quinn Ewers is one. Um, just purely with the weapons that he's got, the O-line that he's got, etc. Davis Brin at Georgia Southern, I love. He's a Redshirt senior, transfer from Tulsa. Um, got a couple great proven receivers there and a pass-heavy offense. So while he's not going to get you a bunch of rushing touchdowns and he will be solely reliant on his ability to throw if that offense becomes elite-elite, which is crazy considering that they are transitioning, uh, you would think, still from you know having – you know, pulling guards, et cetera, in a run heavy option based offense to a pass attack. Um, they've turned it around way more quickly than most anticipated. And then Jalen Daniels at Kansas state in the big 12, you know, not super elite defenses to play against every week. And, uh, you know, he's, he's great, great talent. Taylor green, love him at Boise state. Um, and then a couple others that identified that are a little lower down would be McCarthy uh, at Michigan and then Cordero at San Jose State. Um, and if, if you look at Cordero, my decision was, do I keep Cordero on my team or do I keep Tally on my team? And I feel like Cordero easy. has the potential there too because you know, you're talking a West Coast offense, even though San Jose State is not known for being um, – you know, a Boise State or a Fresno State, anything like that. Uh, having a guy that came from the Hawaii offense uh, has a potential to break out. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the questions. We want to know what your questions are. We want you guys to go up to that Discord, look up CFB Dynasty, and uh, let us know what your questions are. We'll do the best we can to not only uh, 
answer your question, but also give you a shout out uh, so you can hear us talk about you uh, online. Uh, next shows we have coming up, we still have to talk about uh, all conference teams for the ACC. We're also going to uh, look at the group of five. If you're somebody that, that deals in group of five and that was the only thing you want to do, we'll I'll give you some of the top guys out there in the group of five. We're also going to be giving you a post-spring rankings update, types of college fantasy football introductions. I feel like the shows upcoming are going to start being a lot more, um, you know, uh, stew where we're throwing a bunch of different things in there. You're going to have news and notes, questions from the uh, the Discord and online. Yep. Um, you're going to have rankings updates, conference looks. There's going to be all kinds of different things that are going to be in these shows. Going to keep the uh, keep that pendulum moving, so you're not going to want to miss any of the show because you never know what we're going to talk about that's going to be relevant to you on your fantasy team as drafts are coming up and as the season comes up. Yeah, man. And we thank you all for the comments on YouTube, etc. That means a ton to us and uh, really benefits us. Twitter, comments, shares, etc. We appreciate it all. Thank you all. Mm-hmm. So, sure. Doug, how long is it going to take you to start calling what was formerly Twitter X? <laughs> uh... I don't know. I keep looking at the app on my phone. I'm like, what the heck is this? And I click on it and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> so I don't know. The more that uh, we use X um, in post socials for CFB and stuff, then the, the quicker it'll happen. But um, if it was Doug of three weeks ago helping with CFB socials, it would probably take a year. So well, I, I, I can say I'm, I'm looking at our bottom bar and I feel the same way with the stuff I do for uh, in symmetry creations. Um, I'm finishing up a, a lyric video right now and we have our social media stuff in there and a lyric video is something that's going to be seen for a while out there. Still putting the dang bird on there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I put, I, I just can't bring myself right now to switch that to X just yeah. because I just think that the logo is silly looking, but like you said, give me three weeks and maybe I feel differently. What about yeah. you, Brian? How long is it going to take to put the X down there? Or are you just going to leave the bird as long as you can? You know, it'll be probably a while. I think you wait for everybody because everybody recognizes the bird. If you think about from a web design standpoint, et cetera, it's just going to be Twitter for a little bit, probably. Yeah. Yep. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. So with that being said, we have reached the end of today's podcast for CFBDynasty.com. Cannot wait to uh, see the questions, the comments, all the interactions you guys are going to have. Until next time, my name is Matt Knowles, alongside of Brian McElfresh, Doug Gravely. We'll see you next time. See you guys.